Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 786 of the Juicebox podcast. Today is your lucky day, because you're going to hear my conversation with Wendy. She is the mother of two children who have type 1 diabetes, and one of those kids has a number of other issues, including auditory processing, a heart issue, and ADHD. It's a great conversation, and on top of everything else, Wendy has an absolutely rocking accent. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes or are the caregiver of someone with type 1 and are a U.S. resident, please consider going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and filling out the survey. That's all I'd like you to do. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Go complete the survey. Take you like 10 minutes. I promise. I'm holding up my hand like I'm like I'm in court and I'm promising to tell the truth. 10 minutes. Let's thank Dexcom for sponsoring this. Speaking of Dexcom, there's one right there. Let's thank Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box podcast. To learn more and get started today with the Dexcom G6, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Arden's fine. Don't worry. That's just working on a little bit of a low blood sugar here, but it's very steady. She's getting it up on her own. Uh, The podcast, sorry, is also sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod 5. You can learn more about the Omnipod 5 and the Dash at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Get yourself some tubeless insulin pumping going at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. My name is Wendy and I'm living in South Carolina and I am the mother of two type 1 diabetics. So we're five years into the journey. Both kids were diagnosed within five months of each other in 2017. Wow. Yeah, no family history. Um, I did trial that. I don't even have one marker, nothing. Hmm. Um, so it was, can we, are we going to use kids' names? Yeah, you can. Uh, my daughter is Maeve. Uh, she was diagnosed when she was four. She's nine going on 10 now. And my son is Aiden. He, is, he was diagnosed at seven and he is 12. I got it. Okay. Um, well, well, Maeve's a really pretty name. Thank you. Yeah. I think it might've been on our list for Arden. If I'm thinking correctly. Yeah. You know, like I, I wanted to give him Irish first names. Well, you certainly did. But my, my husband insisted that I had to do it in a way that I use the English spelling and not the Irish spelling. Because the Irish spelling would have been really hard for people. Uh, can I ask you why Irish? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just read a book one time. <laughs> Listen, if we get through this hour without me asking you to say Frosted Lucky Charms, they're magically delicious, we're going to be doing great. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, my, that's the bar I've set for myself. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what's really hard for me is Alexa. 
I can't like we used to put on lidocaine on the kids for pump changes mm-hmm. and I would get Alexa to set a timer for 30 minutes but because of my accent it would set it for 13 so now we know that I have to set Alexa for either 29 or 31 minutes because it can't understand me it's <laughs> amazing uh, <laughs> I should complain it sometimes miss th- those voice um, assistants misunderstand me and that's when I realize how poorly i'm mispronouncing words at times where it's just like i don't know what you're saying my friend <laughs> yeah 30 is a big one for me so funny enough if you listen to the podcast i imagine oh yes i do okay I so uh, oh thank you um i just asked because i mean the amount of people who are from like irish heritage or english or that part of the country ish we get around and, well and have autoimmune stuff is crazy so the first question i'm going to ask you obviously is other autoimmune stuff besides type one or no um no no um i mean there's some um, pernicious anemia in my mom's family but generally we don't have we don't have anything on either my side or my husband's side nothing but my husband's family is of Dutch heritage, so I think Northern European, there is a high incidence from what I've spoken to my doctor and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I think that Northern European, there can be a, a greater incidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I mean, everything I talk about is pretty anecdotal, but mm-hmm. you know, you keep, keep people keep saying the same things over and over and over again. It's hard not to. I mean, you don't have to yeah. be you know, Irish to get type 1 diabetes, obviously, but... no. Right. No, and and I did trial net. I have no markers, nothing. So right. I think uh, with my two, they they both had a virus. Mm-hmm. They both had a virus about eight months before diagnosis, and they ran fevers for multiple days. And hey, presto, diabetes. Yeah, something about you and your husband mixed together, right? Um, <laughs> the stubborn genes. <laughs> you, you think that your children's um, immune system is too stubborn to do its job correctly? <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. Could very well be. So they were diagnosed, did you say eight months apart? No, the one was diagnosed in February, the other was July. March, April. So they were really close together. Five months apart, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I guess tell me about the first diagnosis a little bit. Um, With Maeve, um, you know, it was really crazy because I felt like she was coming down with something, but I couldn't just put my finger on it. And, you know, I would take her temperature and she was listless. And um, I think the biggest indicator for me was she went off her food and she loves food. She loves anything. And I took her out to, you know, her favorite little restaurant for Chinese. And all she wanted was drinks. And she kept like drinking Sprite. That's all she wanted. She wouldn't even touch the food. So I thought I'll make an appointment with her pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And then the night before, I remember thinking to a colleague who had a type one son mm-hmm. and, you know, you're just lying in bed thinking about it all and all the symptoms were coming to mind. And I, I said to my husband, I said, I think she has type one. And he was like, no, 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 don't don't go there yet. Let's wait and see what the doctor says. So Monday morning, we went to the doctor's office. Um, they I told them my suspicions about type one because of my colleague and uh they did a finger stick and you know it's not good when the doctor comes in the room with a box of tissues really so yeah he actually came in and sat down next to me with a box of tissues in hand i'm like okay i feel like this one i feel like that's a move like i think i think that's may i i think that's the doctor trying to get out of being the one that shocks you so you look at the tissues and you go oh crap 
<laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw, I saw, right. I saw him and he usually just stands there. He's been a pediatrician all along, but he usually just stands there and he sat down with a box of tissues and thankfully she wasn't in DKA, um, but her blood sugar was nearly 700. Mm. So we just went um, straight to the endocrinology office at the hospital and started insulin that day. She didn't have a hospital stay. She had none of that. But you weren't surprised because you figured it out a few nights before. I did because thankfully because of my colleague, because I remember him telling me his son had, you know, diabetes and he had to wear this pump. And back then it was tubed and he couldn't shower with it and all this sort of thing. And, you know, I remember like thinking, oh, that's awful, but not really thinking much about it. Right. But yeah, yeah, there we go. And then go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask, do you think that you used one word when you were describing how your husband responded when you said, I think Maeve has type Mm -hmm. one. And he said, yet. So do you think that you would talk him into it as well? But he was just like, let's hold out hope and go talk to the doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was like, let, let's not, let's not even, you know, put that in our mind yet. Yet. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Even, even though I'm going to yeah. think that you're right. Cause that all makes sense. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So but no hospital stay with a 700 blood sugar. How did they manage that? They, they, she she only had um, an A1C in 9.4, and she wasn't in DKA. So okay. literally, we went into the endocrinologist office first thing in the morning, and they started us on a sliding scale and insulin. Hmm. How long so, did the sliding scale go for before you moved to counting carbs? Um, I think it was probably a month or so. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, that's the thing is, um, my husband and I are both engineers, So, which was handy and not handy at the same time, because, you know, give me anything to calculate and I love it. But also as an engineer, when you realize A plus B doesn't equal C all the time, it might today, but not tomorrow. That's, that's, yeah, that's crazy for us. (laughs) Not not a good feeling to build the bridge and have it be three feet shy of the other side. (laughs) Pretty much. It's like, it's like. You know, you've trained all your life for this. You're like, great, I have some math to get into. And then once you start, you're like, but but what happened? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I for me, it was just, I just froze. It was, I'm, I'm the furthest thing from an engineer in my mind. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I can remember sitting in the hospital and thinking, this is fine. Like, this is just like, you know, simple math. And then mm-hmm. I, then I just froze. And I started, and I started to cry. <laughs> and my- it's, it, there was lots of tears. There yeah. was lots of tears. I, th- I think I, I pretty much go into autopilot when I'm around the kids and stuff like that. But there was a lot of tears at night, you know, when the, when the kids go to bed. Yeah, I tend to just really, you know, buckle down, and then when it's over with, and you know, they're all tucked up in bed, it's it's horrible. Right. It's horrible. No, I know. I just I just couldn't. And my wife she got rid of the nurse for me and she's like, this is simple math. You know this. And I was like, but what if I do it wrong? Like, like I just kept thinking like, if I do it wrong, I could give her too much. Like, that's just how it felt like sitting there that at that moment, she was so small too. Um, but, but anyway, uh, so, okay. So this happens pretty horrifying. You only have, you just have the two kids, right? There's like, not mm-hmm. like, right. Just two. And, yeah. um, and, and so at what point in the next couple of months, Do you think, oh, my God, Aiden's got diabetes as well? So I guess you heard at the beginning of the episode that Arden's blood sugar alarmed on my phone. 
Here's what's going on. Arden's off at college at the moment, and she's got a head cold. She and I actually just spoke a few moments before I recorded this ad, and I told her what I thought she should do about her blood sugar, and she explained to me what she was doing. She said, it's going to be a little low like this a little longer, but I've got it. Don't worry. So my alarm is set at 65. So just now, her blood sugar went to 64, and you heard three beeps. It's that easy. Arden's also getting alerted on her phone at the moment. And my wife, wherever she is, lovely woman, downstairs cleaning, I hope. That sounds sexist. I didn't mean that. We're actually cleaning the house today. And so she said she would clean the downstairs. Anyway, that's not the point. I also clean the house. Anyway, Dexcom alerts and alarms where you set them, right? So if your blood sugar is rising or falling, it gets to a certain number, the number you set in your app, you get an alarm, just like the one you heard from me. I have Arden's low blood sugar set at 65. I think my wife gets an alarm at 70. Arden's alarm is set at 70 uh, for lows. My high alarm is at 120. Arden's is at 130. You can just move it wherever you want. And up to 10 people can follow you with your Dexcom if you like. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. You'll find out that as well as everything else that you need to know about Dexcom at my link. Please use it when you head over. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Guys, the Omnipod 5 is the only tubeless automated insulin delivery system that integrates with the Dexcom G6 CGM and uses smart adjust technology to automatically adjust your insulin delivery every five minutes, helping to protect against highs and lows without multiple daily injections. The Omnipod 5 is currently cleared for people with diabetes ages 6 and older, and you have the option to control it from a compatible smartphone. The Omnipod 5 is also available through the pharmacy, which means you can get started without the four-year durable medical equipment contract that comes with most insulin pumps, even if you're currently in warranty with another system. To get started with Omnipod 5, all you have to do is go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And hey, if you don't want an automated insulin pump, but you still want tubeless, check out the Omnipod Dash while you're there. As a matter of fact, you may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Find out that as well at my link. For full safety, risk information, and free trial terms and conditions, you can also visit Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. My daughter Arden has been wearing an Omnipod every day since she was four years old. And you heard me just say in the Dexcom ad that she's a freshman in college. That's a long time with an insulin pump. And there's one reason that Arden's been using an Omnipod for all that time. It works. It does what we expect it to do. It's minimally invasive in her life. And it's easy. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And speaking of Dexcom, before I go, I'll tell you Arden's blood sugar is now 71. So she was right. She knew what she was doing. And even if she didn't, we were connected, so I could see her blood sugar as it got lower. That's the kind of safety and security that the Dexcom provides. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom, Omnipod, and all the sponsors. When you click on my links, you're supporting the podcast. Literally the day he was diagnosed, because I think 
I I was still reeling from Maeve and trying to, you know, adjust to that and just just I I think with Maeve, the biggest thing for me was just trying to show her strength because I knew that this is going to be something she's going to deal with for the rest of her life. And I never wanted her to feel she couldn't do something because of diabetes. Mm -hmm. So like, um, even when she was diagnosed, she was in preschool. And, uh, I remember sitting there after a week at home, adjusting to shots and everything. And I was thinking, okay, I want to keep her home and I don't want her to ever leave my side again for the rest of my life. But then I had to say, okay, if she wasn't diabetic, where would she be now? She'd be in preschool. And preschool didn't have a nurse, didn't have anything. But I thought, you know, I have to do this so she can feel that she can do things, that she's not held back by this because it's not going anywhere. So I remember I would take her into a preschool, do a finger stick, and then I would sit in the parking lot like a creep uh, and um, <laughs> go back in at intervals and finger stick and give her shots. But I pretty much sat in the parking lot for months. All right. Well, I did um, that too. So I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. And, you know, by the end of it, I was helping the teachers stuff, stuff and envelopes or, you know, whatever. But uh, I, I just, I, I wanted to start out her feeling capable. And then with Aiden, I never suspected anything. He had been at like this Lego programming camp and all that. I remember picking him up and I, he was tired and he fell asleep in the car. And I thought, wow, that camp is really wearing him out. Mm-hmm. And um, Saturday morning, my husband's off playing golf and I'm upstairs, you know, doing laundry and I go into his room and I'm like, oh my goodness, he wet the bed. And he has never, ever, ever wet the bed. He's just not that kid. Once he got out of diapers, he was done. Right. And then I thought, hang on, he wet the bed. He's been really tired. He's pale. He's skinny. And I thought, no, 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 no. So we have a really big type one community here. And I, I called one of the other mothers and she was like, look, just do a finger stick on him and you can move on with your day. You will be paranoid about your other kids. It's going to happen. Do a finger stick and you can move on. So I did move on to the hospital. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. What was his blood sugar when you checked? Um, it was the meter wasn't reading it, which uh, means it was over 500. Yeah. Wow, that's terrible. Well, yeah. I mean, every once I, I always think about that, right? Like, in most cases, that advice you got from that person is a hundred percent right. You're being paranoid. You're just seeing diabetes everywhere because Maeve was mm-hmm. just diagnosed. Just check his blood sugar so you can stop worrying about it. But every once in a while, you know, it's yeah, good, it's good. Unfortunately, be every now and then, it's right. Yeah, it's right. I, and that's the thing is, I was trying to adjust to Maeve and get all that right and absorbed in that. I never even thought about trial net. I even I never even considered that we could have a second child with this. Yeah. It, it it never was even on my radar because I was too busy trying to cope with one. No, I I used to have that feeling as well that um what happened to Arden like nothing will happen to Cole because mm-hmm. what would the odds of that be? You know, except the more you kind of immerse yourself in this these conversations and talk to people, you know, it it's it's much more common than you think. Like even um, like talking to Jenny, like Jenny, mm-hmm. Jenny doesn't talk about her brother much, but if you ever hear her bring him up, like he has like thyroid issues and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and her mom had a goiter and blah, blah, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, it, it's just the way it works sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And both, both of my kids now are showing, um, it's coming up in their blood work that they have Hashimoto's, but they have no signs. 
Okay. They have no signs quite yet. But yeah, when Aiden was diagnosed, his A1C was only 8.5. So they were both pretty early diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So neither neither of them at a hospital stay or DKA. What are their TSH levels? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I would have to look it up. Can look it up. Well, pay attention to them over two. And even without mm-hmm. even without symptoms, um, it can impact growth. Not if I'm not mistaken, and you wouldn't mm-hmm. want you wouldn't want that you wouldn't want to find that out too late. Okay, so I just, I definitely will look at that. Yeah, listen to those thyroid episodes too. They're um, they're they're pretty uh, complete. Jenny and I did a defining thi- thyroid series, and there's an uh, mm-hmm. there's a great episode with Arden's uh, uh, integrative endocrinologist about th- all about thyroid stuff. So. Awesome. I will will add that to my list. But yeah, like any, you know, new, new people, you know, that that we have a a local Facebook uh, page just for our local people here. And there is an incredible type one community, which I'm really, really lucky to have. And uh, the first thing I'll do is like, you need to go check out the basics on, on the juice box, because the way you break down basal rates and everything with, with Jenny, it it really really it, it's just like bite-sized pieces and it, it's understandable oh, I'm glad. you know it, it really is helpful it, i'm very thankful for it well you're very welcome but just know that this is the only way i can do it it just happens to be <laughs> good for other people <laughs> <laughs> well it's working keep doing it yeah absolutely keep doing it so you're on the podcast today uh for us to learn about your family and because one of your children has adhd is that correct Correct. Which correct. One? My my son also has ADHD. Okay. He he's my overachieving child. He has a congenital heart defect as well. So yeah, it's it's tricky. Like the ADHD on top of type one, it's it's not the combination you ever want. It really isn't, you know. And uh, y- you worry because there's there's a lot of uh, Impulse, impulsivity, like these, these kids are just so impulsive uh, and they don't think like the long game, everything is the short game. Now, if they get interested in something, they're all in. They are like completely all in. But more often than that, that it's, it's very forgetful. And he also does have some auditory processing. Okay. Um, which I, we didn't find out till last year. And I'm like, no, we got his hearing test done. His hearing is fine. And his hearing is perfect. But how they test for auditory processing is they put you in a sound booth and, you know, they check that your hearing is okay. It's okay. But then they start layering, um, you know, words and ask you to pick them out. And that's hard for him. Oh, oh that so, is hard. Oh, so if there's a background noise or a din of some sort and then talking, he Mm-hmm. Then he doesn't. Or, or even if, you know, you're calling out multiple commands, that can be hard. Okay. That can that can be really hard. So I didn't understand what it was either. So it's it's a difference on how the brain is interpreting everything back in. Like the hearing is there. The hearing is perfect, but it's auditory processing. How the brain is processing it is a little, little messed up. Wow. So you have to speak to him simple sentences like that kind of stuff when you're giving directions? Um. But they, they, you know, we started um, at a new school this year or last year um, uh, to to help with that can help with stuff like this. I mean, he does great. You wouldn't know to talk to him, but he works better with like giving him one command at a time. Okay. 
you know, like go brush your teeth when he's finished brushing your teeth, take your medicine, you know, did you dose? Now, what I find is really, you know, you don't want to, it's really hard because with diabetes, you don't want to be asking them constantly, what's your blood sugar? Did you dose? What did you eat? Because they're going to get resentful mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're not going to be, they're, they're going to start like bucking the system then because that's all they hear from you is diabetes, diabetes. What did you do? Um, so I like, I like to, you know, take a look on Night Scout and I can see what he's dosed and when he's dosed. So then I'm not asking him. I'm only asking him when I see he hasn't done something. Yeah. That's a good idea. So that, that's, that's something I do. And, you know, he's, he's getting sensitive as well. He, he'll be 13 this year. So he doesn't want to hear alarms going off in class. He doesn't want to stand out. So mm-hmm. uh, there is no school nurse at his school. Oh. So I text him. I text him, you know, like have juice, do this, have some protein. And what I do is I set his alarms way higher and for greater intervals, low alarms are non-negotiable in our house, but I will set his high alarm over 300 minus lower Mm -hmm. because the minute I get it, I'll text him and tell him to do something. Okay. But But at least then he's not getting continuous alarms all day in class. What happens if that happens to him? If those alarms were to happen, how does that impact him? Um, we've had instances of, uh, rage policing. Oh, cause he doesn't where, want to hear the alarm anymore. She just gives himself a ton of insulin. Yeah. 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 Okay. He wants it to, he wants it to stop. He wants it. He wants it to stop and he wants it to stop now. So, uh, you know, and, and we've explained you can't do that. Um, so actually about six months after diagnosis, we took both kids to see a therapist mm-hmm. because again, this is a marathon, not a race. I want to make sure these kids are well equipped for this because it's it's really hard. It's really taxing on them. Yeah. So uh, we revisited recently. We started, you know, he started going back to to see his therapist again, and it's really, really been helpful. And you know, he's made huge strides, and even being able to like with ADHD, they can be very anxious and emotional, mm-hmm. and he may not tell me how he's feeling, but he'll react in a certain way. Whereas we've gotten him to the stage where he will text me and he'll say, I'm sorry, you know, I, I just got really emotional and felt overwhelmed. And the fact that he can text me that is huge. Yeah. That he sees it. He can, that he can, and he can see it and he can re- acknowledge it and he can verbalize it back to me. Yeah. And, and that's, so, that's from the um, therapy you think? I think it's a combination of therapy and the school he's in. Okay. So how did, he, how did you find the school? Um, through the JDRF. Okay. <laughs> it, no, it's really weird. Um, when we figured out he has dyslexia, dysgraphia, auditory processing, and ADHD. Now he went through the system in school all the way through. We knew he had ADHD. He got his accommodations, his IEP. Everything's great. And then coming up to middle school, I was like, you know. I really want to get a full assessment done because I'm just seeing a little more than what, you know, I'm not seeing the progress that I should. So we got a full evaluation done privately and uh, found out all this other stuff. And then I remember there was a lady who worked at the JDRF here in South Carolina and uh, her telling me her daughter had dyslexia and she had come across this um, learning system. And she had helped bring it into some specialized schools in South Carolina. She was, it was instrumental in bringing it in. And it's a way to teach kids with dyslexia. 
and other learning disabilities. So I called her. Um, her daughter had completed a program, made huge differences in her life. And I thought, you know what? It may work. It may not work, but I'm going to give it a try. Hmm. So the premise of this, it's called Aerosmith. Not like the band. It's hmm. A-R-R-O-W. Okay. Uh, Smith. And um, it's based on people with learning disabilities. Uh, I think the early brain studies showed that if you put rats in a maze, those that are stimulated will run the maze quicker than those that are not stimulated. So basically, it's um, neuroplasticity. The brain is a muscle. So if you can do certain exercises that will exercise your weaker parts of the brain, that you are strengthening it. And once it's strengthened, it's strengthened for life. And it's going to help you either completely overcome your learning disability or at least become better. Hmm. So like my son has dysgraphia, which is um, dyslexia is interpreted from the written page into your brain. Dysgraphia is being able to get what's in your brain down on paper. And some people have a really hard time. They're like, I have it all up here. I can't get it down on paper. Mm -hmm. Well, that was him. Well, he is writing beautifully passages in cursive now which is insane. Hmm. So it's a, it's a bunch of different exercises. Um, one of them is it's quite common for kids with dyslexia to not be able to read an analog clock. So one of the brain exercises they do is they start on a regular two-handed clock, and I think they work their way up to a chronograph. And they sit there and they will read it, and they'll be able to tell the time. And it's an exercise they do repeatedly for like an hour or two. But it really is working that brain. I, I'm starting to think that every kid I've ever met must be dyslexic because if not being able to read an analog clock is one of the indicators, I I don't think I've met four <laughs> kids that can do it anymore. So, really, but yeah, it, it yeah, it's it's one of the things that that kind of goes hand in hand. Like you know, there's a certain age by which you should be able to, but it's it's i mean it's not a pure indicator but it is a commonality and um yeah they they do all these brain training exercises all day and it's amazing to see the progress yeah hey because I, go sorry. ahead go no no please because because for us i mean he has adhd he has all this other stuff diabetes is hard so if we can strengthen his brain and strengthen his memory then that's going to make diabetes easier right so, uh, uh, hold on a second. I'm putting all this together. You should see me making my notes. Again, <laughs> I, my, my handwriting is so bad. Um, born with a heart defect or developed? Um, born with it. We, um, in the middle of the pandemic, um, took Aiden for his regular checkup at the pediatrician. They noticed his blood pressure was high. And we're like, okay, that's weird. So they told me, monitor it at home for the next week and call us back with the readings. So I called back with the readings. They're like, oh, that's not good. He was like 150 over 90, you know, that kind of way. So they were like, that's that's really not good. So they had to see a nephrologist. And the nephrologist, you know, because their A1C has always been in, you know, around the seven mark. It's never been crazy. And uh, we saw the nephrologist put him on blood pressure medication. Well, that didn't work. They upped the dose. That didn't work. So they're like, okay, we've thrown everything at this. We need to do more investigating. And when they did more tests, they discovered that he had an aorta coarctation. Did they come into the room so, with a box of tissues to tell you that? <laughs> no, that one was even better. 
because I went in to, you know, we got all the scans, all the results and I'm driving home from the doctor's office, from the nephrologist. And I get a phone call and it's the actual nephrologist himself. And he's like, oh, I forgot. You're probably still driving. Are you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'll call you when you're parked up. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, no, tell me now. And he's like, no, 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 no. Get home. And then I will call you. How long will it take you to get home? I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, Buddy, I've already (laughs) lived through this story. What are you doing? I'm like, like, no. Um, uh, So I called my husband. I was like, there's a call coming and it's not good. I don't know what it is, but it's not good. So on one of the scans, they picked up his aorta has a pinch point that's never grown. So as his heart and his aorta have grown, it was five mil instead of 15. Will they address it at some point? He's had two surgeries so far. Two. Okay. So every time he gets a bigger, I assume they, they make that. They go in and stretch it. Okay. Like they didn't, they didn't know whether they, depending on how long that pinch point is, they would either have to resection or they could do a stent. And we didn't know until literally the morning of the surgery, which one they were going to be able to do. So they were able to do a stent, but they couldn't go in and stretch from five to 15 or they would risk rupture. Mm -hmm. So they did it in stages. How many more of these do you think you'll have to have? Um, He'll probably have to have another one when he's about 17, but the, you know, the cardiologist said his heart was pretty good size. You know, he's, he's nearly 13. So Mm -hmm. if he had discovered earlier, he'd have had more surgeries. So he'll have, they'll go in and stretch that again. Is his, um, blood pressure still high or is it working perfect oh it's perfect uh they they staged him down off the amlodipine um down to like they had the smallest dose and they had me cutting that tablet in two and he sees a cardiologist every three months and he's doing great he's doing fantastic well for everyone and then they discovered they discovered one of his valves then is bicuspid instead of tricuspid so there could be a uh a valve replacement in his future too wow my goodness Tough We're kids. overachievers. Yeah, you guys are, you, you, you're gathering up all the stuff so no one else can have it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we go big or go home. Yeah. I'm just thinking about all the people listening who are like, I have to have my wisdom teeth out when I'm 17. I'll be like, <laughs> Stop complaining. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have a friend who has um, identical twin diabetic girls. And I, I, I told her, I'm like, you one-upped me. I had two. You had to get two identical. <laughs> so if we can't joke about it, what can we do? No, I, yeah, I, I, um, I agree with that 100%. So um, Maeve must just be like sitting off to the side being like, wow, I got out of this really easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a firecracker. Oh, she's an absolute firecracker, that oh, one. That's amazing. Okay, so I want to know uh, about some of these impacts. So um where do I start here? So the, the auditory processing has, has mm-hmm. got, has got you to a point where, I mean, because you, I mean, we all know, like you're always yelling stuff about like diabetes across the house, right? Like what's your blood yeah. sugar? Did you just eat something? We're having dinner mm-hmm. in 15 minutes. Did you pre bowl us? Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff. So, it, so you, you consciously don't do that. Did it become a habit or do you have to remind yourself? Um, so I have good days and bad days. I have days when I'm a good mom and a not so good mom. <laughs> you know, there's days when I'm tired and I'm just like, what did you do? But yeah, you know, they're like this morning, he, he pre-bolused and he was doing great, but then he got distracted. So then we had a 40 blood sugar, you know? Because so he didn't eat. He pre-bolused, but then didn't eat. 
got distracted. Yeah. Yeah. So he, 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 I mean, he's doing fantastic. He's, he's doing his absolute best, but these things happen. Okay. Distracted. Can can you give me an example of something that might distract him? Lego TV, anything. Okay. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Something doesn't matter. Attention and he's done then. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Or, or he'll eat and then I'll look on Night Scout and I'm like, you forgot to dose. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And then he'll go in and dose. But it's not a conscious decision for him to not dose. And yeah. also he's 12. On top you know, of all so that. It, on top of all that, he, he's, he's a kid. So do you, is ADHD something that you does he take medication for it or is it? Yes, he does. Okay. He does. He's, he's been on medication way before diabetes. So he takes Adderall XOR. Does it help? Yes. Oh, hugely, okay. hugely. Uh, I, I can tell, I can tell if he hasn't taken it. And, and I think for him, it helps too, because if he's able to focus better, it takes a lot of stress off him and mm-hmm. takes a lot of, because, you know, it, kids like that tend to do have a high anxiety level. And I think when he can see or, you know, he's able to keep up with the class and do stuff better, it makes him more relaxed and better. I see. Um, and the, taking the medications on him, it's uh, something he needs to remember to do on his own. Yes, but I, I always ask him to check. Like we have, you know, the little pill box with the days of the week. So I'll ask him to take it. And, you know, some days he'll go to school and forget it. And I'm like, God bless the teachers today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get notes? Do they notice right away too? Um, I I have messaged and been like, I'm really sorry he forgot it. And they're like, yeah, we kind of guessed. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not bouncing off walls or anything. You right. know, he's not incredibly hyper, but he will be distracted. Mm-hmm. He will, he like he he needs to be refocused a lot more than if he was taking it. I see. Okay. Um, it, all right. The the boy. I'm so, this is the part where I'm stopping myself from saying to you, "I'm so sorry." All this is happening. Uh, I don't. <laughs> oh no! Don't be sorry. I know. I appreciate. <laughs> I, and sorry. I know not to be. I'm just saying. There's. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like a lot. Are you okay? Um, yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're, you know, finally coming out of a, a fog, but like, that's the thing is diabetes doesn't just affect the diabetic. It affects the whole family. And it's, it's, it's very, very stressful. It's, yeah. and it's stressful as a parent that you don't get to switch off. You don't drop them to school and come home and breathe a sigh of relief because with diabetes, you're always on, you're on 24 seven. You're not day drinking or anything, right? Mm, try not to. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> not. No, no, I'm Excellent. good. I'm good. Listen, you you have you have to be everyone's friend in South Carolina, right? Like your accent must be so different from everyone else there. They must just everyone must know who you are. I'm imagining. Pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know what's really funny is um, if I'm getting on my kids, and maybe it's because if I get agitated, my accent is stronger. They're like, "Oh, mom, I can't understand your Irish accent." <laughs> and that really gets to me. <laughs> they do it just to get you. Do you think? Just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm absolutely. sorry. What did you say? Oh, I would do that too. Yeah. Now I'm imagining. I would. I'd be like, you'd yell at me and go through a whole tri- diatribe, and I go, "I'm so sorry. I I wasn't following what you were saying." 
<laughs> yeah, and and my my son tells everyone that his mom is the full Irish <laughs> because I'm a hundred percent Irish. <laughs> Was it your intention to name the episode just now? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm just gonna jot down the full Irish. Uh, <laughs> there we go. So, <laughs> so I hear people. I hear people all the time tell me. You have to talk to more people whose kids have ADHD and type one because it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And what I'm always interested in is that uh, mm-hmm. what what people think would fill an entire hour of conversation. Because if I mm-hmm. had the, if I had those people on and I said, "All right, ADHD, type one diabetes. What's so hard about it?" I bet you couldn't talk for five minutes. And and not that it's not difficult, but that there's mm-hmm. ne- there's never as much content around an idea as people believe there is. Um, so well, I'm, I'm Irish. I only know how to make a short story long. So you know, <laughs> I <laughs> I've heard that. Um, I, I, and I'm did, not, I, did I, I did I tell you I was born near the Blarney Stone? Where are you? Or is that just something you tell people? No, actually, it's about twenty minutes drive from my mom's house. <laughs> oh, jeez, no kidding. So you are. <laughs> when when did you get to America? Uh two thousand and seven. Uh, this boy you married was he here or did you meet him somewhere else um a bit of a well i worked for an engineering company in ireland and england and they had an office here in south carolina and they needed help for a few months so they were like can you go over there and help out so i did and then while i was there the lady sitting next to me was like i know a guy upstairs who would be absolutely perfect for you she was like, would you go on a blind date? So I said, I'm not going on a blind date with any weirdo. But I said, if we're all going out and he happens to be in the bar, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. So this was like early January 2008. So in May, we eloped and told no one. Oh, gosh. Uh, she said, yeah. now look, do you ever uh, do you ever look that woman up and, and, and go punch her in the face? <laughs> because... <laughs> Oh, I do blame her. I'm like, thanks, thanks for that one. Every year, at Christmas, <laughs> yeah. every year at Christmas, I'd write her a long note about all the things that I've been through this year. <laughs> uh, I could be still touring around Europe. <laughs> oh my gosh, you, you think you, oh, you know? It, it, meeting people yeah. does change your life. That's for sure. Uh, oh, it does. I yeah. had no no intention of uh, yeah, but within you know, when you know, you know. Right. I, I do remember, you know, talking to my mom on a Monday and she's like, what you do the weekend? I'm like, I got married. <laughs> she's like, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. How old were you? Oh, 32. Oh, okay. She probably didn't I wasn't care. a pup or anything. Yeah, yeah. She probably thought like, I didn't think that was going to happen at all. So <laughs> great. <laughs> and my brother was like, my brother was like, that's fantastic. When are you due? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, you're going to have to wait, but you know, that's brothers for you. Yeah. No, my gosh. I didn't know you were pregnant. You should have told me. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. <laughs> do, we not, do we not talk anymore, Wendy? What's, what's wrong? <laughs> oh, I, call, I called him one time and I, and I was like, Hey, do you miss me? And he's like, did you go somewhere? Mm. <laughs> brothers are harsh. Did you at least take a picture at the wedding so people could see? Yes, yes, we did. We we had a little chapel thing. I went to David's bridal on my lunch break, picked up a dress, um, and there was a a, a photo package with it. <laughs> I don't like fuss. Apparently <laughs> I, not. I don't. I, I I don't. I don't want to be that woman who's the center of attention. It just no, no. I think I've just worked in a male dominated trade all my life, and I'm just like nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nope. Um, just go get the job done. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. How long have you been married? 14 years nearly. 14 years. Mm-hmm. That's not even a little long. Wait do you get to 20. Give me a little <laughs> <laughs> I heard you get out after eight years on good behavior for murder. Uh, just saying, that's just a statistic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> the other day I was telling my wife all about what, what I think we should do for our 25th anniversary. And she goes, you know, that was last August, right? And I was like, oh. Uh, you're like, whoops. <laughs> I still have a lot of good ideas about it. <laughs> you're like blaming on COVID. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, I yeah, lost track of it, time. It was COVID. We couldn't travel. Hey, I have a question for you. I, I've asked one other person on a recording recently. They didn't have an answer, but I'm going to ask you based on your experience with your son. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not dyslexic, but I okay. re- I received a note from a woman the other day who listens to the podcast and asked me if I if I was. Is there anything about me that makes you would have made you wonder if I was dyslexic? Um, dyslexia isn't classically what you think it is. It's not like right near D's and B's backwards. You know, it, it's, I, there's nothing that I would say, but we didn't know my son had it either. Because yeah, I, you know? I have to admit, I was, I was, I, I wasn't like upset. I just, I was, mm-hmm. like, I was like, this is a weird one. Like people send me weird notes and there are times where I'm like, huh, I never thought of that. Or times when I think, Oh, this person must be drinking while they're writing to me. But um, I never potentially. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, dyslexia. Okay, hold on a second. Is this right? A learning disorder characterized by difficulty of reading. Dyslexia occurs in children with normal vision and intelligence. Symptoms include mm-hmm. late talking, learning new words slowly, delay in learning to read. Most children with dyslexia can succeed in school with tutoring or spe- that's so. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, you, that's the thing is it's, it's not like you're writing everything backwards or forwards or anything, but, um, one thing like, you know, I, I like to do a lot of reading and study on this stuff, but like, um, for dyslexia and stuff like that, like certain fonts are easier to read. Okay. So like comic sans is a font that is very, really, very, very easy for dyslexics to read because the D and B aren't just mirrored. They're very distinct to each other. Okay. So like, you know, the stuff like that, that you learn about. And um, also like, you know, for dyslexia and dysgraphia, uh, one thing about the school that my son goes to is um, cursive because it's, it's just one continuous motion. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're constantly stopping and starting if you do block writing and then you're finding your point each time. Whereas oh. with cursive, it has more of a flow and it's more beneficial, but they don't teach it in schools anymore. Yeah. No, nobody knows how to. I, every time one no. of my kids gets older and I'm like, hey, you're going to, we're going to get you a Mac card now, which I don't know, a bank card. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's an old term from Philly, Mac, money access. I forget what the hell it's We call for. it the drink link. The drink link. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I think colloquially people just say ATM, right? But um, I, when I was in my clubbing days, it was called the drink link. <laughs> I, can I be honest? And this is the mm-hmm. part in the episode where everyone who thinks that I'm dirty for some reason is going to be like, "See, here he goes again." ATM makes me think of a weird sexual thing that I'm not comfortable <laughs> with. So I um, I, it I, is because I'm going to go look it up right now. Oh yeah, yeah, great. No one Google that, please. I just um. <laughs> seriously you'll think less of me uh and i don't i don't think we need that but i just say mac because i grew up with it but now i don't even remember what mac stood for 
money access card, money access card. That's got to be it. Yeah, I, I remember like I had this one friend and we'd go out and you got your, you know, the money would go in your account at midnight on like midnight between Thursday and Friday morning. So she'd go out with enough for like two drinks and then she'd stand at the ATM waiting for midnight to get her money out so she could go buy another round. I see. And she would from. not let anyone near that machine. <laughs> and it's dangerous sometimes because you find some places where they'll actually put it in the bar <laughs> yeah that's not okay <laughs> that's that's you're like you wake up in the morning you're like i bought a round for who <laughs> <laughs> um, all this to say when i asked my kids to sign the back of the cards you should see the <laughs> long pause that happens before they go uh here i go <laughs> you, you know what I mean? like i don't know how to sign my name my son uh writes like very small like his his Uh letters are very small and my end artist like cole writes like a serial killer and i'm like oh (laughs) i don't think he is he's just practicing his print yeah it's just so small when he writes is he left-handed no we have no idea what it's about so my my brother writes really really small and neat as well but he's left-handed oh cole's not neat it's just small (laughs) my my handwriting is atrocious like even if i'm printing like I write things in front of me while while we're talking, and so mm-hmm. I don't um, <laughs> I don't spell particularly great because I don't stop to say the word in my head. Like I, right. I like like it's just uh, maybe I do have something, but that's not the point right <laughs> now. <laughs> no. So so like when you say uh, dysgraphia to me, mm-hmm. I, I've never heard that mm-hmm. word before. And most people would just do their best to write it down. Now, I wrote down D-I-S-G-R-A-P-H-I. Is that even right or is it wrong? P-H-I-A. Oh, I, that, I did that. I actually, mm-hmm. so I got that mm-hmm. right. Okay, I'm you sorry. Did. There is an yeah. A at the end. But, but when I wrote it, all I was trying to do was make enough visual cues for myself that while we were talking about it, I could say dysgraphia without having to think about it. Um, that's just phonetic spelling. That's that's totally okay. Do you think that's all right? Aud- sure. So in front of me right now, the word auditory, mm-hmm. even when I'm going to read it back to me, back to you, I I know I made an A. My U is mm-hmm. in, my U is incomplete. It almost looks like a C that's falling to the left. The D, mm-hmm. the D looks more like a lollipop upside down. <laughs> um, the next letter, I think I intended to be an I. And then there's well, maybe a, you were maybe you were just meant to be a doctor. <laughs> the next one's a maybe T. that was it. The, hold on, the next one's a T that looks more like a B that doesn't have a complete loop. Then there's just a little mark and a Y, and I think the mark was supposed to be an O, and I skipped right over any consideration of an R. But when I look at it, I know I mean auditory. If I went back to this a week from now, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd know what it said. Like that's how bad my writing is. So I should put this up online so people can see it, but I don't think, I don't think anybody <laughs> no. cares that much. And it's embarrassing if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> so, um, but, but anyway, where were we at with that? Jesus, God, that was a long, <laughs> that was a <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dysgraphia is just like, you know, um, Improper capitalization, run-on sentences, improper spacing, writing off the line, multiple things like that. Oh, okay. Not not just not, oh, wow. So structurally not even being able to lay the words out in front of yourself. 
Yeah, like like you know, you're right. You're writing on the line, but it ends up kind of floating above the line, mm-hmm. midair kind of way, and your spacing in between words is all off, way off. So it really is how it's getting from your brain down to your hand. And it's what's crazy is simple things like learning cursive help because you're developing that muscle memory. And it all flows. So, and it flows, it flows a lot easier for the person. And like when, you know, before we found the school, I went and had all the IEP meetings and I spoke to all the teachers and all the special ed teachers. And they're like, yeah, that's great. We'll give them a Chromebook. Hmm. I'm like, that's amazing, but he needs cursive. He needs to be able to write. He can have a Chromebook. Uh, Um, That's fantastic. But he's not going to have a Chromebook attached to his hand for the rest of his life. Right. How about basic skills? Yeah. Or get him an iPad that has a pen on it, at least, if you're going to help. You know, basic skills, you Hmm. know, stuff like that. They're like, no, no, no. The answer to everything seems to be a Chromebook right now, which... Yeah, I was going to say that as Arden graduates from high school and Cole's getting ready to graduate from college, I would say that one of my bigger disappointments about raising kids so far has been the quality of the education they received in in a public school. Like I, I'm looking, they can walk and talk and chew gum at the same time. And um, they probably know a lot more than I think, but Mm -hmm. it, it just, I don't know if it was my expectation or, or what, but it, it just, it, it's not something that I've been completely thrilled with. And, and don't get me started on Common Core math, because that's a nightmare. I, I don't know. I didn't pay attention at all. My son is in college now and getting some crazy degree. And there are times he'll FaceTime me and hold up his homework. And mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be like, this is math. And I'm like, there are no numbers on that page anywhere. And he goes, <laughs> it's math. And I'm like, okay, good luck. Um, yeah. You're well outside of my purview. That's for sure. Um, you know, if I were to write a greeting card to you, mm-hmm. I've learned over my life, I cannot write it on the card. I actually have to go type it out somewhere first and then go back and write it down. Because when I write, my thoughts come out just the way they're happening. And when I'm speaking, it mm-hmm. works, it works fine. But, but if you, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine reading a transcript of this podcast must be confusing because I'm a very clear communicator, but I don't speak in a ton of complete sentences. I, I put right. thoughts in motion. You know what I'm talking about. I move in another direction. I bring you. I don't even know how I do it exactly. But so when I when I even wrote my book, like I'd I'd write something and then go back and look at it and think, oh, I started with this thought and ended with this, but what I ended with should have been the beginning. Like my editing process was very strange. And um, mm-hmm. so I can't sit down and write out a card because I'll, I'll have to throw it away. And I don't like writing cards because beyond hope you have a great birthday, that's pretty much where it goes. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know what you're supposed to write on this thing. Um, happy birthday. Happy Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, <laughs> that's when, it. when I watch a movie and someone sits down and thoughtfully writes a note to someone and you can see that they're considering every word and how it relates to the last word, I, I don't have... I mean, I I could force myself to do it, but it's not my my natural inclination. So no, I don't like it either. Yeah, no. So so your son is. I mean, how do you think of him day to day? Like, wh- what are your biggest challenges, day to day? Um, I mean, the amount of strides he's made and the progress he's made is absolutely amazing. Um. 
And I think he's definitely getting more in touch with his emotions and, and why he's doing stuff and acknowledging it and, you know, observing that. So that's really helping with his impulse, you know, his being impulsive. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess, I guess just, just, you know, I, like I text and I remind and I try to give him as much autonomy as I can, but I guess it just worries me on the day that it, they have complete autonomy. Yeah. So that, you know, cutting those apron strings. Um, well, that's a long way off still, but do you feel like you're going to have to be more involved as he's even older? I don't know. Yeah, I don't sure. know. I think, I think he's learning some amazing skills right now. And my hope is that no, my hope is that I'll always be there if he needs me, mm-hmm. but you know, but that he has the confidence and independence to do it on his own. You know, somebody asked me last night, uh, if I was worried about Arden going to college and I have to say, I'm not like, I'm, I, I, I worried about it for years when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And now the times here, I'm not, I'm not concerned there. You know, the person was like, have you found a doctor where she's going to come? Like, she just picked the place like four days ago. Like, no, like yeah. I haven't thought about that yet. Um, I do have, uh, you know, um, there's a, a lovely woman who used to work for the JDRF um, at the local level and she's the person who brought me down to Georgia to speak. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as we said out loud where Arden was going to school, she's like, I'm, I'm pretty close to that. She's like, I can be her. Like, if you ever need anything, I can help her. I'm back up. Yeah. And, I was and, like, and that's the, the one bright side of diabetes is the community that you find in the diabetic community. It's, it's unlike any community I've ever, ever met. Mm. You know, something happens, there's always someone there to help. And you really, you're never on your own. I can remember one time, um, oh, this was about three, three, four years back. And uh, my son was going for a sleepover and he was staying at his friend's house and he's got his sling bag with, you know, his PDM, everything in it. And he got super excited and jumped in the pool and forgot about his uh, bag. Mm. It was on him. So fried the phone, fried the PDM, fried everything. And he was really upset about it. But within four hours, I was back up and operating. Yeah, Because I just put something out there saying, you know, he jumped in the pool with his PDM, with everything. Are we going to have to go back to shots? And someone's like, no, I've got a spare PDM. Call the manufacturer. You'll have it within 24, 48 hours. In the meantime, here's my backup one. You know, and I, and I really feel that you will find someone. Yeah. You know, no matter no matter where you are. It's just, I think it's a kinship because we all know how hard it is. It's funny when you started saying that, I thought I don't have any real experiences with that. And then I went through it in my head. I have put a little girl's pump on in my kitchen for the first time. I've stood in people's houses locally and talked to them about diabetes. I've had a person who we only tangentially know give us a PDM at one o'clock in the morning. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and so I do have all those stories too. And I didn't even think about it. It's not something I. I would have thought to draw on, but as you were explaining those things, I thought, Oh, we've been through all that and, um, yep. and, and had very similar experiences. So I, it's very important, obviously. Do you know a lot of other people whose kids have ADHD and type one? One. So it's not that common. No, I don't around, think so. Around you. I don't okay. think so. Not around me anyway. No, but, but I do, I do know like my kids have a bunch of type one friends. Mm-hmm. Are those children's Which, experiences with, I'm sorry, the the one person, you know, with ADHD, are, are their experiences very similar to yours? Do you find or no, not really? Um, I think a little, okay. I think a little. All right. So if you, if you're, 
your best advice on this is um, therapy, medication, and uh, a teacher. Like we're, we're doing, we're doing, you know, we're doing all this neuroplasticity stuff. But I mean, just find what works for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess when it comes to anything that my kids have, I, I don't just accept it. I dive into research and try to figure out, okay, what can we do to help this? Mm. What can we do to make it better? And if we can't make it better, make it easier for the kids to live with. Yeah. I, and I, feel, I think, I, I think research same. is the key. I feel the same. I love this idea of teaching his brain. Yeah. You know, that's uh, it's just very cool. And that you're seeing results from it is amazing. Oh yeah. And um, there's, there's books out there published. It's, it's really big in Canada. I think one of the the first schools was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And like everything that they do is catered specifically to his cognitive weaknesses. So it's not just uh, everyone goes in and does the same exercises every day. He has a, a full assessment at the start of the year. They see where there's a deficit and that's where they focus on. Well, I can tell And that's you, what they work on. Uh, if anybody's interested, a simple uh internet search of the word neuroplasticity with ADHD will give you a ton of like testing centers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, a lot, there's a lot of brain training places that pop up now and they're the McDonald's of it. That's how I'll term it. So you found yours through JDRF? Uh, Because the lady, I knew her daughter had a learning disability and uh, she turns out brought this program into the schools here. Well, then so how, how just, do I, just coincidence. How do I figure out who's good and who's bad? Um, go through an accredited program. I mean, if you look up Aerosmith, you're going to find um, there is a book or even a TED Talk on Barbara Aerosmith Young. Her TED Talk is amazing. Uh, there's books. One of them is called The Brain School by Howard Eaton, E-A-T-O-N. And um, it's fully accredited. There's proof out there. Um, yeah, you're going to find all these little pop-up, you know, clinics and stuff. But I don't know how good they actually are. Right. I'm sure they do some, but they're not as in-depth as this. And is it expensive? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. Because if two or three years of this expense helps him for the rest of his life, then yeah. we're going to do it. I think that's how I, that's how I try to think about college tuition. I just I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's when I send my kids back to Ireland for free education. <laughs> We're like, we'll just we'll just we'll just go get through this somehow. And then you know, as my son's graduating, I said to my wife, I was like, how did we even do this? <laughs> like, it's <how> did... <laughs> it's, in, it's insane because like I got a college degree and I you know, uh, yeah, I didn't pay for anything for it. Well, that would be no. nice. I um no. I won't tell you what we paid. <laughs> so. No. But that's the thing is you get your free education, but you don't get a complete free ride. So if you're not performing and not doing the work, they'll kick you out and make mm. you pay. Well, that makes sense. So you kind of get you get one run at it. Yeah. So like if if you failed your summer exams, you could do the fall repeats to try get into second year. And if you fail the fall repeats, then you have to go back to first year mm-hmm. and then you're gonna start paying. Gotcha. So you just, you can't just sit there, you yeah. know, spinning your wheels for years. Yeah, Cole's, Cole's all but done. He's doing really well. So it, it's, That's awesome. it's nice, but, um, geez, it, it's also been a lot 
you know, I think, mm -hmm. I think it's possible he'll come home and just sit down for a month. You, you know what I mean? Like literally just, just try to decompress mm -hmm. from the whole experience. Arden's is, uh, we just got done by the way, for anybody who, um, who doesn't have kids or, uh, who are old enough to know this or not, um, you know, Arden picked a school that she wanted to go to and, uh, they offered her money for for her academic achievements. And then mm -hmm. we said, this is lovely. Uh, how do we get more money? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> there were ways. So, you know, Arden did extra things to submit that got her some mm -hmm. more. And then when it was all said and done, we had a lovely conversation with the admissions person. And I said, it's still a little too expensive. I, she has other offers from other schools that are, that are less expensive. Um, mm -hmm. you, you have to, you have to come closer to this so that we can say yes to this. And they did. Mm -hmm. So, wow. you know, don't be afraid to ask was my, uh, Oh, that's, that's similar with the school that my son is in now. Actually, my daughter is there too, because they run regular classes too. So he does regular class with his peers and these, you know, breakout sessions for the neuroplasticity for part of the day, but he's in with his peers for the rest of the day. But because I, you know, I felt that he, the regular, you know, public school wasn't meeting his needs. I was able to apply for a grant. Oh, wow. And I was able to, you know, it's out there, go look for it because people don't tell you, but if you go look and we got a grant and then on top of that, you can apply for a parental tax credit as well hmm. because you've got, they don't say a special needs child, they call it an exceptional child, but yeah. We were able to submit for him. And then I thought, oh, well, we're, we're not going to be able to, you know, get any of her tuition back because it's private. And then somebody was like, oh, no, you can get hers back because you have her in a small setting because of her diabetes. And I was like, oh, wow. And that worked too. Good for you. Hey, does your husband have anything going on? ADHD, like that kind of stuff? Um, No. No. Okay. No. Just, no. Not a, just, mm -hmm. just, just, just lucky Aiden. That's all. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that uh, Aiden's body misunderstood the term "luck of the Irish." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he also he also has mild scoliosis, but you know I'll stop right there. Get the hell out of here! Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious because it's so funny. He swallowed a penny one time, and uh, he went in for an X-ray. And then afterwards, I was looking up the X-ray because it was a really cool X-ray because you could actually he was wearing his pump when they X-rayed him, so you could see all the guts of the pump. Oh, wow. And and his his skeleton, and then I was reading the notes, and it was like mild scoliosis, and I was like, uh, he doesn't have scoliosis. So I called the pediatrician, took him in for a checkup. Yes, he does. <laughs> you guys gotta <laughs> stop looking. I don't. I'm not usually medically. I'm not usually on this road, but just stop paying attention. Just leave him. And alone. this and this and this is why during the pandemic we homeschooled because I was like, look, I know where my luck is. I know exactly where my luck is. And I'm not risking anything if right now. If this COVID's <laughs> going to kill one kid, it's this one right here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I, I see. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. But, but He's just happy-go-lucky. I mean, he's fantastic. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. And like that's the other thing as well with um, dyslexia. Um, they they have very creative brains, and uh, Aiden is hugely into the Titanic and Bob Ballard and any kind of you know. We watch Drain the Ocean. It's a show on shipwrecks. We mm -hmm. love documentaries. 
But I actually saw that Bob Ballard, who discovered the Titanic, was um, he was in the Navy himself, and he credits his dyslexia with helping him find the Titanic because they don't, you know, think um, visually or, you know, auditory. Mm -hmm. They think more 3D. They think both. So he said, you know, he was going looking for, I think, um, a nuclear wreck. And he asked, like, the Navy, while I'm down there, can I look for the Titanic? And they were like, yeah, but they were like, we didn't expect him to find it because they didn't want anyone to know the mission he was on. But he said, like, your, their systems, their navigational systems broke down. And he was like, no, 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 go straight ahead, go this way, do this. And they were like, are you sure? And he's like, yep, yep, I can visualize it right now. And lo and behold, there was the Titanic. Wow, that's crazy. And he gives talks to children on how... Dyslexia can be your superpower. Oh, that's right. A lot of the great brains have dyslexia. It's it's not a disability. It's just more of a lateral way of thinking. Do you know Arden showed me a video last night of I I think this little boy had autism, and mm -hmm. he had a whiteboard in front of him, and a, a man off screen I imagine with his father would say the name of a font, mm -hmm. and then the kid could immediately without pause write words in that font like like it, like handwrite yeah. a font and i mean he must have done six eight of them in a row just rapid fire and not like eat like joker was one of them and he's making the dots <laughs> and the lines and everything and just moving right on uh, i was i was fascinated by it, it yeah like my, like aiden um he builds lego and i mean he'll just get it into his head. Oh, I'm going to build a replica of the Titanic. I'm going to build this. And he, he, he'll make like, he's, you know, he plays a uh, Fortnite and all this and Halo and all these games. And uh, he's like, yeah, so that's the gun that he has. And before I know it, he's stripped one of the pens. He's taken out the spring. He's used like um, an elastic and he'll actually make something with a sight, you know, where you can actually draw it back and click it. And I mean, this is just with Lego. Hmm. I cannot think that way at all. As a matter of fact, if my navigation gets confused on what way my car is pointing, I can stare and stare and stare and think this thing wants me to make a left, but I don't know which way left is now. Be not not that I don't understand left, but because my you know the little representation of the car mm -hmm. is wrong on the screen, I have I have trouble figuring it out. Like, I don't. I yeah. I I'm an engineer by trade. Um, I can follow instructions, fantastic, but I wouldn't be the most creative person. I don't even doodle. You can put me in a meeting for six hours, and I will not take pen to paper unless it's got a purpose. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because as I sit here right now, if you put me in a room and said to me, how do you think we can help people with diabetes? I have so mm -hmm. many ideas that I know will, will work. And mm -hmm. and I just don't have the, I, I don't have an infrastructure to put any of it in motion. But I, I, I know how to help people with all kinds of things that they need. If there, if money wasn't an option and I had people at my disposal, I could build, mm -hmm. I could, I could literally build an uh, empire is the wrong word, but like a collection of things that would help people with type one and other autoimmune issues just off the ideas in my head. But, mm -hmm. but if you asked me to write them all down, I don't know if I could do yeah. that. You would need to sit with me and let me just talk. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, and that's where like for some kids with learning disabilities, a laptop and a keyboard is actually 
um, way better for them oh, because oh, no. it takes okay. away the pressure of writing and it's more of a flow. Oh, okay. Than okay. taking pen to paper. So I do have another friend who has dyslexia and she said starting on a keyboard was what really helped her because it's like your fingers know where the keys are sometimes once you get, you know, once you're used to mm-hmm. the keyboard. And yeah, but taking a pen to paper is stressful. You know, if you asked me if I can type, I'd say I'm a rudimentary typer. But last mm-hmm. night I answered a hundred questions online in rapid mm-hmm. succession while I was also listening to an episode of the podcast for, for an edit. And I never once thought about looking at the keyboard, but I don't know. Because you're, you were in the zone. Yeah. I just don't know that I can type though. Because I think but, if you but, sat but me it works down, out. yeah, I don't even know. Like I can type from my brain to my fingers, but I think if you mm-hmm. asked me to read something and then replicate it typing, I think I would go very slowly at it. So there's maybe at the start, you wouldn't know. Who knows? What do I got time for that? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna learn how to type now. <laughs> Can you imagine? Took me took me 20 years to figure out what QWERTY meant. <laughs> I looked do at- you know? I- it messed me up as well as because when I came from Ireland over here, even though it's a QWERTY keyboard, it's slightly different. Really? Like the shift key and stuff like that. It's oh, slightly oh, different. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, also I, for <clears throat> typing in Irish, like the, I can't remember the sequence, but to put a fada on words, like the accent, mm-hmm. you don't have that on the keyboards you get here. Hmm. Well, I don't even know what fada is. So fada. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, is there anything we haven't talked about that we should have? Uh, they both loop. Oh, cool. Yep. How long yep, they've they're been both doing looping? That? About three years. Wow. Yep. Which definitely, with ADHD, it's definitely reduced the amount of time we speak talking about diabetes. Mm. Well, it's you funny. Know, it definitely at, helps. At first, I thought three years you've been doing that. Like you guys have been doing that for a long time. But then I thought, oh, engineers, you probably were thrilled when you heard about it. Do you know what I was really annoyed at is that when it came to building it, we made the decision, we got the MacBook, we got all set up to do it. I got up one weekend morning and my husband was like, oh, I've uploaded the code. I'm like, I wanted to do the code. (laughs) (laughs) Had a little geeky fight there in your kitchen, did you? (laughs) I'm like, I wanted to do that. (laughs) Um, Well, listen, you want to come here and do it? I I hate it. (laughs) Every time I open up, um, I can't even remember the name of the program. That's how badly I hate it. What, um, what I really love is the auto bonus. That it's has been a game changer for us. Yep. Really, really game changer. Yep. Because even if they do get out of line, it brings them back in without me having to be on them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arden's, Arden's blood sugar tried to go up today at like 7.15, probably when she was waking up. And, mm-hmm. and this thing has been hammering at her for two hours and it did it do a great job is she back where she was when she woke up at like 85 she's not but she's been 120 to 130 the entire time and and she has not intervened so she's at school um being a school person and this thing is is holding her here my my idea about my idea about understanding diabetes uh, and knowing how to handle any situation versus once you have that understanding, what day to day looks like, mm-hmm. that idea is maturing for me. Um, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying 
I'm not saying that everything I've said before is bull. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that if while my daughter's in college, she lives some days with a 120, 110, 120, 125 blood sugar for six hours with stability and doesn't get low later, um, I'm going to call that a win. So, and that, and, that, and that is definitely a concession you have to make because while it could be perfect, they're already making so many decisions a day and it does lessen the amount of decisions they're making. Yeah. You know, because both of mine are in the middle of puberty right now and I couldn't imagine what their A1C would be like without looping. Mm-hmm. No, no. I, or I, I or my stress levels. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> all that becomes incredibly important. And again, if you if you told me right now, Scott, go make her blood sugar 85 and keep it there. I could do it in two seconds. Like, that's not my point. And I will at some point today say to her, hey, look, you know, you could have just made a bolus right here. This would have been mm-hmm. this would have been enough. You know, you could have you could have chopped 20, 25 points out of this number. And it wouldn't have been difficult. And you and you wouldn't get low later. Um, and but that's going to be the next level right now. We're probably only about six or eight months into the um after the conversation that Arden and I had where we were like, all right, look, you're going to college this year. Let's just, I'm going to step out of this pretty far. Mm -hmm. You go ahead and go. And she's been, you know, working it out on her own and it's gone incredibly well. So, um, you know, and people are always like, how is she going to do it one day if you've been involved? And the answer was, we just, you've, you've you haven't like, while you've been involved, you haven't been taking it over completely. So you're involved, but you're still teaching her. She's heard everything. I've, I've cognitively said everything out loud for years so that she'd be involved <laughs> in conversations. So yeah, the transition was actually pretty easy. Actually, one of my biggest fears when um, Aiden was having heart surgery was his blood sugar. I think I was more concerned about his blood sugar than anything. And uh, the anesthesiologist who's kind of in charge of doing all the stuff in the surgery, I was like, well, he's going to leave his pump and dex calm on because he's looping. And he was like, my wife is type one. That's awesome. No problem. Yeah. And they took his phone right in there into the OR. And, you know, they, they, they contacted me if they needed to do anything. And when he was in recovery, which was hilarious, he, he came into recovery and they're like, Aiden, would you like some ice chips? And he's like, I'd like a burger and fries. I miss breakfast. <laughs> and they're like, you're in recovery, maybe ice chips. He's like, I want a burger and fries. <laughs> they got it for him and he ate it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Good for him. But the anesthesiologist, um, he was like, what pump is that again? So by the end of the surgery, I think he was interested in, you know, getting his wife looping. Yeah. Well, I, I completely, I, first of all, I love how many options there are now. It's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Like not everybody is obviously going to build their own no. yourself algorithm, but between control IQ, next generation control IQ, Omnipod five, which I haven't laid my hands on yet, but works, I think at its core differently than some of these other ones. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Medtronic's going to whip out another one at some point, I would imagine all these options are nothing but good news for people. So they are. Yeah. I mean, if you have to have a sucky disease, it's a good time to have it. Yeah, that's for certain. All right. Well, yeah. Wendy, thank you so much for doing this. I, I appreciate um, you taking the time and I hope you appreciate you. that I didn't ask you to do that Lucky Charms commercial and we're done now, basically. <laughs> and no, I don't use Irish Springs Hope. Well, no, why would and you? Yes, and yes, I did kiss the Blarney Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would if I was there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
People don't yeah. pee on it, do they? It is an old bathroom. Sorry to oh, tell you. Oh, jeez. Well, then. It is. <laughs> but we make tourists kiss it all day long, so it's amazing. <laughs> I think you're just laughing at them. <laughs> all right. No. All right. Okay. Well, I well, thank, thank you. you. I thank you very much. First, I'd like to thank Wendy for coming on the show and sharing her story with us. And then I want to thank Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and remind you to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox for everything you need to know about Dexcom, and even if you'd like to get started with it. That's where you do it at my link. Same goes for Omnipod 5 and Omnipod Dash. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Head over there right now and get started. Do not delay. Easy, tubeless, automated. It's all waiting for you. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. A few quick things. Don't forget to go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and take the survey. Also, we have the the private Facebook group for the podcast, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Over 30,000 members right now. There's a conversation happening right now in that Facebook group that I swear to you, you'd be incredibly interested in. Just anything you click on. Hold on. Wait, you want to do it together? You don't believe me? I can hear that you don't believe me. If I'm hearing you, then... All right, ready? I'm just going to roll through real quick. Got a lot of people celebrating Diabetes Awareness Month. That's very nice. Did you know November is Diabetes Awareness Month? Well, it is. Here's a person asking a question about their child who is staying low, even though they're giving them juice boxes. 40 minutes old. That's how old the, 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 the what do you call it? The post is. There's already nine comments. Scrolling. Do you have to wear Omnipod 5 and Dexcom on the same side of the body? If you're interested in knowing the answer to that, and you don't know, you put a little post up in the Facebook group, and boom, in 53 minutes, you've got a conversation that already has six responses. Here's a cute picture of a small child who had a couple of unicorns today, lovely, reached 3,000 people in the uh, just the last two hours. Here's an adult uh, who's sick and looking for help with their blood sugars. Oh my God, this child is adorable. Who put this kid in here? They're using diluted Humalog and talking about it here with a bunch of people. It's another adult talking about type 2 diabetes. Somebody asking for help with Omnipod 5. Here's a person talking about how to use their pharmacy and people are helping them. Here's a looper celebrating... Uh, their blood sugar, 25 people in a conversation that has now been going on for two days. Talking about where people get supplies. This person says they use US Med. It's just, it goes on and on. At the top of the page, there's a feature tab. All of the different series within the podcast are in the feature tab. Diabetes variables, diabetes pro tip. Here, variables, pro tip, quick start episodes, how we eat, Ask Scott and Jenny, defining thyroid, type 2 diabetes stories. 
my God, there's all the Ask Scott and Jennies are laid out here in case you want to know what the topics were. Here's a bunch of episodes about bolusing for fat and protein. Popular episode list. Here's 20 episodes of me talking with children. 10 episodes about disordered eating. Talking about celiac and diabetes. Nine episodes. There's like all these defining diabetes. 44 episodes of defining diabetes. All on a list right here in the feature tab. I, I, I can't. You just go over there. Facebook. Uh, you know Facebook. You've heard of it before. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.